This is the Chop by T podcast where we get real, raw, authentic conversations. I am your host, T. And to the very far right of me, we got my brother, my dear brother, the honorable, the inconquerable, Roscoe. Tell him what's up, Scott. And of course, on the ones and twos, we got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Demo. Yo, what's up? How y'all feeling? Yo, what's up? (laughs) That's all you had, huh? It's the best you could do. And of course, in the middle, we got an artist, a legend in the making, mm-hmm. Brett. What's up, Brett? What's up, everybody? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Good. Hey, we making history right now on the Chop by T podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Our first white guy to come in. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. Because I've been watching for a while. And when you asked yeah. me, I was excited. I was like, I think. So I went back to the page, scrolled down. I was like, yes. I think I yeah. cool. yeah. be the white, first cool. white man on the we show. We had one guy I'm who stoked. was coming on my uh, my partner uh, Parker. He was on, but his ass he was so nervous, so nervous. And I, was, yeah. I was like Parker, like you've been around me forever. Like, what are we doing? He was interviewing us. He was asking no. us questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do y'all think about religion? <laughs> oh wow, Parker, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, Parker, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I did too. I ain't gonna. We wanted to redo. We're gonna have to let Parker come back. Yeah, we gotta let him come, come, come back, back, Parker. Please. I've been knowing him forever, though. It's like, dude, we've known each other since I, you know, for years now. Why are you so nervous? Right? It's the camera and lights, yeah. but the lights and cameras. I mean, shit. This is small compared to where you know what you do, right. more specifically. And you and people can look on YouTube now and see. Uh, you your uh, live performances and everything like that in front of crowds and people yeah. and things like that. Um, when we first did our first live shows, Roscoe was afraid. He was terrified. Yeah, I yeah. was terrified. Terrified. Everybody can't be like me. Great. Yeah. <laughs> he was terrified to um, come on stage and, and do the whole thing. Uh, do you remember your first time performing? Uh, yeah. It was, well, this is this is different. This is a different setting. It's kind of like, Kind of like being in a in the studio too. It's like whenever whenever it's live, mm-hmm. and the more people, the better because mm-hmm. there's more energy in the yeah. room. Everybody's more hype. You can say what up, and everybody's like, yeah. yeah. You know, it makes it a whole lot easier to like come out of your shell and everything. But like in a setting like this, or in the studio where everything's really still mm-hmm. and really controlled, mm-hmm. it's it is different. But yeah, my first show was um, at prom actually i was in 10th grade all my friends were older than me Mm. and um we had a band and we all played instead of them hiring a dj that year Mm. to save the senior class some money and so yeah that was the first time i was playing guitar for that band but that was the first time that i sang in front of anybody was at prom in front of all my friends and i had to see him monday morning and be like i was a quiet kid too you know it was I've I heard like when you perform in, in front of crowds like this, like the feeling is 
you're throwing energy at them and they're throwing it back to you. So it's like a constant like sharing of energy. Is that like a fair assessment right there? Totally. That's, Mm. and that's, that's why we give so much because we get it back. And then it's just like this repeating cycle. Like if you, if you throw a tennis ball at a wall, if you just kind of like lob it that direction, it might roll back to you. But Mm. if you throw it, Mm. it's coming straight back to you. So if you got four people up there throwing it out there as hard as you can, it's, it's going to. That's what I was going to ask you about is, is, I watched the. I don't know if you watched the Astro World documentary on Netflix and no, Travis I Scott. Seen it, but okay. I heard about it. Yeah. Got you, got you. Uh, Travis Scott. He he played a clip from one of his first performances. It was like in front of fifteen people, and they were hardly paying attention to him. I'm like, have you ever had that feeling, or have you ever had that experience of that happening to you? And if oh, yeah. so, how did you how did you like fight through it? It's it makes it a little bit harder, like with what we were talking about earlier, like having less people there and everything like if there's if there's a thousand twelve hundred people in front of you jumping screaming singing along and everything it makes it so much easier Mm -hmm. because you got all those people encouraging you and just feeding it but if there's 10 people sitting around a couple tables not moving you know yeah and like what do i do what what do I do with my hands? Uh, like like stand there with my hands in my pockets, just going through the motions, waiting on it to be over. But then at that point, we just turn to each other and we start jamming off each other yeah. and stuff. So we we try to deliver as much as we can every time. So that was my biggest fear, like us getting up there, our first live show, and just the crowd just being dull and just that was going to automatically make me get in my head because I remember I used to do uh, a speech class in uh, college. Yeah. And I was kind of equating it to that, but it's, it's a totally different thing because people Cause in class, me. yeah, people me. just looking at you, you know what I'm saying? But That's me. that feeling when everything's still and they're just like. <laughs> yeah, like, they're just looking at you. They just, they, they think about when they got to go up and do their speech, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, it was, it was just a totally different vibe. And once I got up there, I was calm. Yeah. And I had T and D mo. I mean, me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, demo. <laughs> it's one of those things thank you for including like, me <laughs> kind of like ripping off a band-aid thinking about it's worse than actually getting up there and doing it but like once you're up there if you're like hey everybody what's up and you realize that okay well here i am everybody's looking what am i going to do in this moment i'm either going to take it and make the the most of it or i can Scared and let everybody see that, and you know, so you just gotta it's a recipe for disaster, right there. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to ask you. So, like we talked about off camera, you you um, you can sing really well, right? So, how did, did you uh, take singing classes, or is that something that you just naturally picked up on your own? No, I didn't. I took um, got my my trusty iPhone, mm-hmm. and I got voice memos on there. Gotcha. And I was in my mom's kitchen singing a lot because she had high ceilings and wood floors and everything, so the acoustics yeah, sound really yeah. good in there. And, um, you know, when I was trying to figure out how, every, how everything worked, and I would sing, like, a chorus and record it and listen back, and you always sound different whenever you listen to yourself talk back. And it's the same with singing. So I would do that and listen back to it and be like, and then find like one thing that i wanted to have differently like that sounded a little flat that syllable didn't come out the way i wanted it to or like you know and so i just kept kept doing that and 
till it turned yeah. into kind of muscle memory. Gotcha. Was it any prior education though? Because a lot of that, that, you know, the language that you're even speaking right now, a lot of people don't understand that, right? So was it any? Do you come from a family of singers or artists or anything like that? It's just so you picked it up on your own. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Started and, off playing guitar. Got all guitar. So mm-hmm. okay, that would be a key. You know, learning how to play the instruments and everything. So you already kind of like adept to hearing those sounds and, and different types of things. Listen, I played the trumpet in high school, in uh, middle school. <laughs> I played the trumpet in middle school. I was the uh, first first chair. I don't first know. Chair. First, yeah, I was first chair. Oh, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah, I was first chair. What grade trumpet. you was in when you played trumpet? I was sixth grade. I yeah. don't remember that shit at all. Yeah, I was sixth six grade, sixth, seventh, <laughs> and eighth grade, actually. You must have yeah. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, was, I was great at the trumpet. You know, a lot of people, I pulled my trumpet when I got down here. A lot of people, you know, they tried to, like, stop me from being the greatest part of myself that I that I could have been. But, you know, I followed through it and everything. And going into ninth grade, I started, you know, having sex. I right. thought you were gonna say playing football. You just oh no no, it was fucking. Once I started fucking, it just everything changed. <laughs> That's what kept yeah, you from being a better trumpet player. Out of all things, I got some fucking to do. That was my life, you know, once I started. But guitar is a different type of instrument, though. Like that's that's different. You get pussy as a guitar player. Yeah, that's a fact. And a pianist, like if you play the piano and shit, you, you get pussy. That's a fact. Trumpet is it's not much. It's it's eh. kind of like in the background, like yeah. not being seen. Yeah, and it's like who the fuck want to fuck a trumpet player? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like think about it. <laughs> what name me three trumpet trumpet players? You can't do it, Brett, because you already come on, Demo. You played the you was first chair too. Name me three trumpet players. Winston Marcellus. All right, you you be too confident. <laughs> I should ask you. I don't know why the fuck I asked you. All right, pussy. I got you. Shit. But no, like, so you 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 tour right? You on the road? You touring? Traveling more, traveling yeah. more. Okay, so like, how do how does that even start? Because I think, all right, well, no, how does it even start? How do you start getting into touring and doing stuff like that? Well, we started. We had a friend that um, played in a cover band, so they had like three one hour sets throughout the night, mm-hmm. and we started coming up and playing in between their breaks. Mm-hmm. They have a thirty minute break in between their next set, mm-hmm. so we were doing that in high school. Um, just to have a stage to play on, and um, so we got we started getting a following mm-hmm. because of it, and then we had our own show, and then one show turned into this other show over here. Just a lot of networking, mm-hmm. and so you we we got to where we knew a bunch of people in Birmingham, and then we started coming up here, mm-hmm. and then like you know using our contacts to get to the next city and grow each one. So it's like make any money you got to go from one make a name in another one and then keep going from there like a little further you just got to grow it yeah, so the market yeah see i think that's <clears throat> well it's a lot of things to go into there right because a lot of mm. people don't yeah well you got to have i guess the resources or the the people to the you know know people going in to be able to do that because you know y'all just so happen to have a a band that you can go in and do sets in between, but also even aside from that, you got to have resources and, and the know-how because it's a lot of like 
work behind the scenes that you have to do to even go from city to city and orchestrate these different oh things my. like that. So <laughs> at that that's my thing. Do y'all have a manager or somebody who handles that, or is that we something that you got you? We so in the beginning, know. it was just y'all trying to figure it out. Yeah, in Amazing. the beginning, whenever we were going to Louisville, before we had a van or any way to get anything from anything, we had a U-Haul, ter- uh, U-Haul uh, cargo van, mm-hmm. and we had all of our equipment in the back of it because it had two seats up front and then a little cage mm-hmm. in between. So we had two people up front. We had an air mattress with the other two people in the back and mm-hmm. all the equipment back there and everything, just doing what we could to get little, there. little mini tour bus. Yeah, yeah it was, <laughs> it was sketchy. <laughs> you hit the brakes, you got drum cases falling on you and everything, but, like, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. That's what made can... the journey so sweet, just going through those things like that. Right. The grassroots stages uh, all of this shit. You're just trying to figure it out and make shit – shit happen you know that that's definitely key what do you say to people who say rock is dead um, fuck you <laughs> <laughs> we actually we have a song called freak show mm-hmm. and some of the lyrics is but i see the way you're but i see the way you're watching me and say that rock and roll is dead yeah i know um I'll listen. yeah but watch the show like i mean if you think so you know, it it might not be what it used to be because of MTV and like how it was just the center of everything, like as far as the entertainment and everything. But you know, we got it's branched out music and everything has into more subgenres and it's gotten a lot more diverse. So I don't think it will ever be exactly what it used to be, but it's not dead for sure. If anything, I, it's more diverse. I was, that's what I was about to say. I think it's more alive than ever. Yeah. Because if you look at uh, even rap music, more specifically, you see a lot of rappers. That's that's the whole, you know, aesthetics. Everything about them is rock, from the nails to the the dress, the way they dress. Everything is all rock and Their roll. Their merch looks like death metal yeah, logos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like a- absolutely. So I think it's even more alive, and it's just up to like artists, especially rock artists, to just try to capture that that energy instead of trying to keep to the traditional mindset and ideals of it, right. capture that energy and branch off into those markets because I think it's more alive than ever. For right. sure. It's, that's what that's what I feel like rock and roll is. It's the mentality. It's the energy. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know. It's a lifestyle. Exactly. I want to ask you, uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen like at a rock show or, or at one of your shows? Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. That might take me a second. We had We had a show in Franklin actually one time. And during this breakdown, um, this guy fell and uh, he busted a beer bottle when he fell and it cut his hand like wide open. Mm. I saw him fall Mm. and um, there was a lot going on and everything. And then I turned back around and all I see is like blood and blood all over the floor and he's gone. Somebody's got a towel and I'm like. What happened? (laughs) Is he okay? (laughs) Like, is he missing a hand? Like, but he was cool. And then he came back to the next show in Huntsville and he was like, dude, yeah, this happened. Check this out. I was like, wow. I always, when I used to watch him and stuff, because it'd be so much energy, I I, I always wondered, like, a lot of fights happening there. Like, it depends on if there's. If the music's heavier, you know, you got mosh pits and they get kind of rough and everything. They're like, you know, usually there's there are those people that can take it too far and like get pissed off if they get hit or something mm-hmm. like that. But for the most part, everybody's just bouncing off each other. It's all it's all cool. Yeah, just having fun. Yeah. How do you nowadays just moving around and you know going on these tour days? How do you 
stay grounded and 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 focus on perfecting the craft. Um, that's the most fun part to me. Yeah, so we got a lot of sing along parts in our songs and everything, and the our originals are written like that. So even if we come out and you don't know who we are after mm-hmm. you hear the first chorus or the first pre-chorus, you know it's coming up the second time. Yeah. Or like we, we like so having that's the intentional crowd. the way you do. The, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's we smart. like having the crowd as engaged as possible for that energy to like. Yeah. So. But. I wonder. Uh, I seen a quote on your uh, Instagram. It says. Uh, might butcher this, but it says, uh, "Don't butcher it." <laughs> yeah. just, just pull up his ID. You don't want to butcher. Let me pull up your ID real quick. Uh, I mean, Demon can pull it up. I don't yeah. know. He may know the quote on his ID. What about that? No, I might. Uh, his ID. Which one? It said, "How big would you dream if you knew you couldn't fail?" Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you: Is that uh, a lot of motivation behind what you do? Like, how hard you go for your music? Yeah. Because I mean, the name band's called All or Nothing, and so there's there's a lot of people that wait around or that they're like, you know, maybe someday I I think I, it would be cool to start doing this, or you know, I would I would like to, you know, get this together, or you know, but you know, when when is someday? Yeah. Right. If you're right. trying to do something, if you're trying to fight an uphill battle, when is someday? Yeah. Like. It's not going to come unless you are actively putting in work to get to the next step. And if you get comfortable, then what's going to happen? Speaking of comfortability, um, we talked about it off camera. Just you being comfortable with just like going crazy, like people could be out in the crowd. And you used a great example of I like the analogy you used of if you throw something back really hard, it'll come back to you really hard. And I like the fact that when you. That was a crazy <laughs> choice of words. You done that. You done that, bro. That was a crazy Maximum choice of words. You threw the energy with maximum velocity, and right. it comes back right. with the yes. same amount of velocity. This yes. man crazy. Yes. <laughs> I had to say it really hard. It's so tunnel, words. tunnel vision. Tunnel vision on my clay. You finna throw me off my clay. <laughs> Where does it come from? Where does it? Where does it come from, the the idea of um, no matter what, no matter what people are doing out in the crowd, I'm still going to be my best self because I know that's what's going to come back to me? I mean, that's me and the guys, that's kind of what we we have in, in agreement. It's kind of what we're built on, like no matter where we're at, no matter who we're playing with, whether there's 10 people, 1,000 people, if we're opening up for somebody that we look up to, no matter what, we want to put on the best show that we possibly can and make sure that nobody wants to go on the stage after us. Yeah. No disrespect, but we're here to do what we do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's we've pissed some people off, but, you know. What made you choose rock and roll, though? Because on your Instagram, I just seen a, uh, one of your posts where you were singing. Like, you really can sing. Like Thank what you. made What made you choose rock and roll? Um, it's what... It's what I grew up with. It's what all of us grew up with because of our parents and stuff. Mm. So it's, we like it, and it's, we feel like it's kind of gone under the radar with the younger generation, and we know what's what's working and what's going on. So if we're like, if we can blend that stuff together, then we can get both demographics of people 
to understand and appreciate what we're doing, and it's been working pretty well. So, I think I got a bright future ahead of y'all. I think so. I mean, you. because you see the work ethic. You see, it seemed like the business is is good because you know you see the structure, you see it set up. Even just me looking at the presentation of the live show on YouTube, it's like, oh wow, you can hear this well. It's every it's film well. So it seems like y'all are really intentional about doing shit like that. So I can appreciate that, and I can appreciate that side of it because the aesthetics are key. And, yeah, I wish that we can get better like that too, Demo. Uh, can you uh, <laughs> hit the uh, speaker off of me, Demo? It keep on beeping over there too. But I wish we can get better at shit like that as well. And and that's why I even ask, like, because our live show, our first live show that we did, it wasn't as uh, – it didn't. It didn't sound as good from you know audio standpoint as I would like, or even the visuals of it wasn't wasn't as good. So that's why I asked in the beginning. I think you got a lot of insight to offer people in regards to to things like that, and that's what you're here for. That's what we got you here for to just share, you know, your perspective on all of these things on the, uh, your journey and what you're doing. For sure. Um, I guess the next thing I I want to talk about just going into uh, you as a person. I want to go back a little a little. So you say you grew up on rock and roll. Your parents uh, and all of your parents is uh, new rock and roll. That's what y'all knew. How do you? Uh, and you said you didn't say your parents were music, musicians or anything, right? Nobody mm-hmm. was. So how are you introduced to the music? What makes you decide? Hey, I want to go and start a band, or I want to go and play guitar. How do you get into that? Um, when I was like. Eight, my mom and dad split, and it's music was my thing. It was I, was, I was home yeah. alone a lot, and so I wanted to start playing guitar, and it that was that was my own little world that I went into. And me and everybody else in the band has had, you know, something similar happen to where we're like, this is this. This can impact people. Like this is really strong. This like resonates with people and can get you through stuff and everything. So like that's the bigger picture behind what we're wanting to do is like if we can if we can be that for somebody, that's what yeah, that's what we wanna that's what we wanna be. You know, it's it's fun and it is everything else. Um, but you know, it it can help. Yeah. So. so let's talk about so your parents was it a rough split? Was it was it bad? Yeah. yeah so all right. With all that being, with that understanding, all that being said, you had music. Did you teach yourself how to play the guitar? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so YouTube. YouTube. If you yeah. want to learn something, YouTube. Or a musician. <laughs> all the way. They should sponsor us. I shouldn't say their name. We should bleep that out. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> they should sponsor us. So by music being outlets, what was the process? Like, what does eight-year-old Brett do in that room, you know, when all all the shit around him is going bad? You know, besides jacking off. What is he jacking off at eight. <laughs> I don't know if I was there yet, but yeah, it's uh, not as advanced. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um you know, thinking stuff sounds good when it it didn't, but I knew what I was trying to do. Yeah. And then um like YouTube or playing Playing the CDs and backing it up and playing this part over and over and over and over, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to get this hand to match up with this hand, and like this one's picking a different string and this one won't move right, yeah. and like you know it's it's frustrating, but you can see the progress and that's what makes it fun at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And you taught yourself, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy at the age of eight. 
for the most part. Oh, you just said we're playing with yourself, girl. No, I was uh, focusing on football. Football? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't uh, touching myself at the age of eight. <laughs> Who was touching you? Nobody. Touching yourself at eight is wild. That's wild. No man ever touched me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I, I wanted, wanted them to. I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you because uh, I be seeing like a lot of people talk about you know their parents getting divorced and stuff and how that affected them eternally. Like, because mm-hmm. I always thought. I always had it in my head, if my parents got divorced, like, I would be okay because their relationship had nothing to do with me, per se. It was, mm-hmm. like, how they treated me. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, how did you feel internally when, like, when that happened? Like, what was going, what was your thought process? I don't know. Since it was, like, it was all I knew. I was so young, I couldn't drive or do anything yeah. or, you know, so, like, it was... I was just kind of like there for whatever was going on, really. Like, tossed around, basically. Yeah. yeah tossed but, around. Jesus Christ. What the tossed around implies in your head? Eight year old? <laughs> you know what I mean. Going back and forth. I don't know what the fuck you mean. Mom and daddy, <laughs> they're divorced. Context <laughs> is important here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brett, did you replace? Did you? So, did. Was playing the guitar and teaching yourself how to play the guitar your way of replacing the trauma or 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 figuring out what your parents were going through? Is that fair to say? It was it was definitely like a way to be in my own bubble and not think about anything. And you know, it was that was my thing that uh, you know, Dad. I played baseball for a few years when I was younger, and, you know, it was cool. It had its ups and downs, but that's what he wanted me to do more. So, um, you know, it was pretty cool, but that was my thing. That was what I liked. That's what I wanted to get better at, and I was like, you know, you can get creative and express yourself and everything. So, I think it's just amazing sometimes how, like, most of the things, most of the creativity we have or we express come through trauma. It's all rooted in trauma, especially the good shit. Mm-hmm. Who who the fuck want to listen to a happy artist? <laughs> you ain't lying. Like seriously right. though, just like you fucking happy, everything going well for you. Like who the fuck want to listen to that? I noticed the music get worse. Like the more success they have, yeah. like, they get richer and stuff like that. The this. art like, gets worse. Yeah, like yeah. If, if they can maintain that same thing they had when they was going through all that stuff, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Is it that they expect? Is it is it that they the music gets worse or? Is it that they get worse or they just experience more so they have more experiences to talk about in the music? Like, you're seeing different stuff the richer you get. So, and you, you see, you going on tour, you know about it, Brett. You're seeing more places, so you like, oh, I went to Iowa today. I can write a song about my experience in Iowa. I see that a lot in country music. So, is it that they, is it that it gets worse or they just have more to, experiences to pull from? My pers- perspective I just like hearing some. I don't like hearing pain all the time in yeah. the music. Mm-hmm. I like to hear, you know. I just I want to be the balance, like it, like Rick Ross for example. Like he be talking about rich shit a lot. And I can't relate. Relate to rich. I can't relate to rich. Shit. Relate to rich shit. Broke as hell. I'm broke as hell. <laughs> Not broke as hell, but I'm broke. You know, what I'm saying? I ain't on that level. Hell. You know, what I'm saying I can't even. I can't. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be in Miami with a bunch of models in the room. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what they feel like, so I can't relate with it. I mean, like, uh, I think that the pain goes deeper than just the the subject matter, though. Some people, you just hear that shit, like, with, with you, 
when you on stage and I'm watching your shit, right? I, I see you. Like you on stage, right? And you giving that shit your all. You mm-hmm. there. You wanna be there. You wanna be there. You enjoy this. You giving it everything that you have in this moment, from the movement to the all of that. You giving it everything that you have. That's what I expect from an artist. It's like these motherfuckers get rich or go through good shit and they get lazy. You don't feel the the energy no more. They they get. I feel like a lot of people get complacent whenever, whenever they're, you know. If somebody's at rock bottom and they're trying to get better and better, then they're working harder Mm -hmm. to be more successful and be that person that they want to be. But then. Once they get to a certain point and, you know, they're not worrying about the everyday stuff anymore and everything, then what's, what's the motive, really? Yeah. You know, so it, yeah. I could see it being easy to, like, you're going up, up, this is killer, and then, like, that's when they start kind of coming back yeah. down. And then later, they have a comeback yep. a little bit, you yeah. know, because they're like, oh, I'm and went through some I'm shit. I'm <laughs> slipping. Not everybody's going to just like what I'm doing just it's for my name on it. I was it, like, that shit sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that shit sucks. It's a learning lesson. Yeah, yeah, no. That's how I feel about Kevin Hart comedy right now. Like, I just ain't been feeling it lately. Yeah, yeah. We're going to leave Kevin out of this, okay? <laughs> he did not ask to be on our podcast right now. Right, you messing up our future chances. Like, dude, be like, nah, brother, I would come on your podcast. but tell you. seriously though like i i I enjoy you know the up and coming or i think that's why so many people like underground artists and like the new up because it's just it's a different energy Mm -hmm. with with Mm -hmm. artists like that 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 you can offer and i want you i don't want you to ever forget that because you're gonna continue to grow and y'all gonna get bigger and you're gonna tour you're gonna be touring all over the world soon don't forget the times when you had that fucking Mat or whatever the air mattress in the U-Haul, and it was like for sure all this shit. Don't forget that shit because that's what you got to channel when you in the, whether you're in the studio, whether you wherever on stage. You got to channel that energy and remember that you know to continue to make great work, great work, great art. I'm gonna tell you because there's a black man who strictly listens to gangster rap. <laughs> strictly <laughs> listens to gangster rap. I heard it and I worked out to it. And I'm like, I actually like this. It's not. I've heard like rock before, like uh, I think it's maybe it's heavy metal is what it's called. Y'all gotta educate me from saying shit wrong as well. Like it's like is that is that, and I'm like I don't like this shit. Yeah. I don't want this. It's scary to me. It's scary yeah, yeah. to me. There's a bunch of different kinds. You gotta find what you like. But what the, what you give is 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 clear. You can hear it. it's it's storytelling is well written. You write your own shit. Um, we all do. It's a, it's, it's a story to it. It's, it's you know, it's the subject matter. You go in, you deliver. I think it's great. I think it's great. I Thank think you, you got some got some good work, you know. And I'm not just saying it because you're here. Because if, if it suck, I would tell you it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. you know, I think it's, because um, when, T, when you sent it to me, you was like, check his YouTube out. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to give me some food through the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. And this girl, she seen me, listen to it, she just, <laughs> <laughs> what black man can't listen to rock and roll? Like, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I was listening to that live wire. I like I like that yeah. live wire. Yeah, live wire. Thank you. Was, we've gotten a pretty good response from that. And like what you were talking about about the mattress and the U-Haul and not forgetting that and everything. Like sometimes crazy stuff happens. Like when we had Vince Neil, uh, Motley Crue's lead singer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was ever a table to come see us one time at one of our shows, and that's that's huge. Crazy. Like that, when 
I mean, we all grew up listening to Motley Crue and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, that was crazy. And, you know, Vince Neil reserved the table to come see us. Meanwhile, we got that damn U-Haul parked out front in front of the venue. <laughs> so it's like, we're getting there. Yeah. And then like, but I'm pretty sure he can relate, though. He probably understands. Yeah, like, yeah the grassroots of this shit. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Everybody's been there. He was talking about one time about how they used to um, change in like a broom closet and they got their like elaborate outfits yeah. and everything from back in the day, mm-hmm. um, changing in a closet. So he, he said, you know, that you just got to do what you got to do and keep rolling with it. So I appreciated him telling us that. I want to ask you, do you, do you live in the, are you living in the moment right now or are you always thinking future? What's next? What's next? I try to balance it. Try to balance it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know sometimes living in the moment, you can start, you can get like stagnant mm-hmm. and also thinking too much in the future can be depressing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what, and I'm glad you, that was a great answer by the way. Like I'm glad you done it because that's what we, that's what I consistently battle with every day is living in the moment and thinking future. Mm-hmm. Because while I'm living in the moment, it's like, if I, if I continue to do this, if we continue to post this every day and do this, we'll say stagnant, we won't pivot. We won't do something that's going to be better for our brand, for us. Mm-hmm. And we'll just continue to do the shit that we've been doing and mm-hmm. get complacent. But then by living in the future, you're like, oh my God. And this is anxious. And it's like, oh, I'm anxious. I'm, I don't, my anxiety is through the roof because I don't know what's next. What if this shit fails? Unknown. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to, you know, to kind of plan out what you're wanting to do, mm-hmm. to like look at the future and to, Look forward, you know, where you want to be at, where you want to go, the direction you want to take things and stuff so that you so that you can do your best in the moment. And then all of a sudden things start happening like yeah. that. And you like, how did I get here? And you're like, oh, yeah. And you look back and you're like, I, I had my own back the yeah. whole time. Yeah. yeah. What is that moment when you knew oh, we, we were meant to do this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's been a lot of cool ones. I want to tell you. I want to tell you one of ours, and you can give me one. Just think about it. Give me one of yours. Like our moment when I knew that we were supposed to be. It was so. It was such a small moment when we somebody found us on uh, TikTok, and they followed us on IG, and they uh, subscribed to our podcast, and they watched one of our episodes, and they said, "I pray that this podcast gets four million subscribers." And y'all do X, Y, and Z. It was it was some other shit that what they said, and I hope they watch it now. Thank you for that because in that moment, in those moments, me and Roscoe and Demo as well were flirting with the idea of like, is this even what we should be doing? That's is this the right thing? That one thing right there when they said that and they wrote mm-hmm. that down, it was like, oh yeah, we were meant to do this. This was meant to happen in this way. Mm-hmm. So many moments like that. Yeah, uh, just and it's only when you feeling down. It's like you, a sign. It comes. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, Whenever you tighten up. Whenever you feel like you're you're down there and you start feeling like that and it's you feel like stuff's stacked against you and everything and you keep like you hold on, keep doing what you're doing, like I know I know whenever I feel like that, I just tell myself I'm like, All right, something really cool is gonna happen next week and I already know it and it happens yeah. like clockwork like every clockwork. time. Yeah. Yeah. So You believe in manifestation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what that is right there. And yeah. you're already putting into action. Mm-hmm. Skull had a question that he wanted to ask you. It's, it's kind of weird. 
Well, I'll ask for him. <laughs> what question? Hey, he wanted to know how did you get your hair like this? <laughs> He's a fucking uh, liar. <laughs> <laughs> you did hair. What? <laughs> I you did. Got done you last week. Like, you, like, you said this man has a beautiful <laughs> set of locks on it. <laughs> how the fuck did he get his hair this way? I'm like, what? What type of? I was like, what type of fucking freaky Damn. question is that? Skull? He was like, bro, you got to ask for me, bro. I'm too tough. And I was like, all right, I'll ask for you. You know. Yeah. We do have nice hair, but I that didn't cross my mind. He got a great head of hair. Yeah. Yeah. Got, got it done hair. last week. Thanks, Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? Is it that's is intent? You do it like that? Does it grow like that? Or you just? Uh, it's. I know we talked about It was wet hair, when I, I left the house. Yeah. But um, the color's not natural, but everything mm-hmm. else is. It's are you are mix. you uh you mix with anything? Um, I got Cherokee Blackfoot on my mom's side and Greek Italian on my dad's side. Italian, I was gonna say Italian. You know, I always see some Italian from a mile away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> poke out. <laughs> you Italian? You got some Italian in you? That's what I was waiting on you to say. <laughs> like you know, I, you know, I got a little Italian in me. I have a little Italian in me. I'm black, brother. I'm a black American. Got 23 and me. <laughs> <laughs> I have some everything. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Brett, I wanted to go back to you. Uh, you referencing how rock has like split out into subgenres. Mm-hmm. So, what would you define what you and AON do? Or uh, in, in Put yourself in a subgenre, not necessarily put yourself in a box, but no, you, yeah, you yeah. get what I'm saying. Um, I I don't know because we get asked this a lot. We we have some really heavy like '80s influences. That's look why we wanted to cover. Definitely can see that. And yeah, and um, also like we all have different influences. We like really heavy stuff, so sometimes we kind of want to push the envelope and see what we can get away with without it being too much. And I also. Um, I like singing from a bunch of like metalcore emo stuff from back in the day, like Pierce the Veil, Sleeping with Sirens, stuff like that. And um, that's I don't know. You put it together, they they all have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. But if if you do them together in the right way, I feel like anybody would be able to. It's not so extreme in one area that it like alienates you from everything else. Mm-hmm. So um, we're just doing our own thing. And if we think it sounds good, we're like, all right, cool, let's use it. So. Do you believe that uh, music is cyclical? Like you say, you had a lot of 80s influences. Do you believe that stuff really evolves or revolves and it just keeps coming back around in different forms? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like even when we were talking about samples before we started and stuff, like there's samples from stuff, old stuff. Yeah. You know, that yeah. comes back around and then nobody knows that that's that part that made that song, mm-hmm. you know, that went to number one. That, oh, that came from the 40s? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. You know, so I, it's it's cool. Yeah. I think styles change, but people don't really change. So there's that like underneath that. Yeah. And the technology gets better as well, too. True. Like it's so clear now. It's so concise. It's so, so like it's there. The technology always gets better. You know, mm-hmm. I I enjoy the music of today. I, I enjoy where things are going. Even the because uh, it's it's so crazy. All of this shit, it all comes full circle because I'm really I've kind of been heavy into like these emo rapper type of guys lately. They kind of annoying too. I won't lie, <laughs> but I've been kind of heavy into not just the music but their stories. 
mm-hmm. and where they come from and, and the influences. And it's always rock bands. It's always, you know, this person influenced me to do this. And I love rap, of course, so I brought it into rap. It's like, I think just going, it's, I think of things is like the foundation. The foundation is, is the, the sound itself, the music, and everything else builds off of that, and then it branches off into different groups of music. But if you can understand the foundation, then you can look at music from a completely different lens. Yeah, you can really do, like, whatever when you have, like, basic chord progressions mm-hmm. and basic rhythms, mm-hmm. and it's, I feel like, how everything is branched off because you can't go much further than that. Like, there's there's 12, we only use 12 notes. Mm-hmm. So only certain ones go together. Yeah. So I really feel like it's just like what instruments you use or what style you use with those chord progressions and stuff that really, you know, but you can't really reinvent the wheel. No, you can't. In a way, it's just what you do with it. I want to ask you, what's what's next <laughs> in the future for you? Like the future of, of all or nothing? We're working on a tour right now. Mm-hmm. We're excited about that. Yeah, um, just... Y'all got one coming up on the 24th, don't it, of March? Um, we got March 19th March ni- at uh, March home, 19th. and then the 26th, I think, we're going to be at Eastside Bowl up here. Um, it's a new place, um, East Nashville. Um, I went in there. I couldn't see the, the stage area because they were having a – somebody was like practicing in there that night or whatever. But the place is really nice. I've seen pictures of it. I'm excited. We're going to be playing with Resist and Bite. Um They've got a couple members from like Tesla and stuff, so like it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. Do you get nervous still? Um, the only time that I kind of do is if we're having like equipment malfunctions right before we go on, but like after after the first ten seconds when everything's going well, I'm good. Yeah. But if we go to start and somebody stepped on a cord, this came unplugged, I can't hear myself for some reason, mm-hmm. that's that's when I start, like, freaking oh, out. what's going yeah. on? Is everything, <laughs> but as soon as I know everything's working, I'm good. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, are you an only child? You have yeah. siblings? I got a little sister. You got a little sister. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see, I can get that from you. I, I get that, like, uh, you know, big brother type of energy from you. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted a little sister. Yeah. Me too. Or a little brother. Uh, yeah. But I'm the youngest. You don't one. have either, do you? I don't. You got all the brothers. Yeah, I'm, I'm the little one. But, um, no, the reason why I asked you about that is because, like, seeing, would you would you say that you, I know you're the lead singer, but would you say, like, you're the leader of, of the group? Are you the one that can, I don't want to, because, you know, people get a little high when it comes to leader, but, like, mm-hmm. it's like, are, would you say that you the person that kind of hold everybody together and keep everybody motivated? Um, Kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. You gotta. Anytime you're working with a group, you gotta. You gotta know each other and know because, you know, stuff gets complicated sometimes, and you gotta like, you gotta figure out how to pull each other together to be on the same team to get to the next thing if you need to. Um, so I, you know, I've read a few books on like leadership and stuff, and like I took a leadership class when I was going to UAB. But, you know, I try to use that stuff to be helpful and positive so that we're all on the same page. So what, okay, what is the, um, what what advice would you give to a person that's, you know, a leader or, because a lot of bands or groups here, they break up. Mm -hmm. 
What what advice? What two two part question? What advice would you give to a person that's living there now to stay consistent? How long have you and your guys been together now? We've been together. I was like seventeen. Seven, seventeen. Yeah. So when we started, so about about six, six years, years or something like that. So what advice would you give to a person that's that's currently going <laughs> through that to to get to that six year day in year one and shit kind of going bad? What advice would you give to that person? And also. Um, uh, as far as how how would you maintain longevity within your own group? Um, well, nothing's gonna happen immediately, so don't think it will. <laughs> that's the that's the yeah. fastest way to get yeah. discouraged. Think everything sucks, and like the world doesn't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. You got to get out there and like make it happen. Yeah. Like you got to get people to notice you, and like you know, you got to. You got to be genuine and make those relationships and everything. But with that, the hardest part is, you know, finding the right members that are, you know, because you can find somebody that's like really good at what they do, like really good, but you can't stand to be around them. Or somebody that's really fun to be around and you like hanging out with them and you're really good friends, but they don't want to put the work in. And like it, that, it's a tricky balance, but then once, like, if, as long as you're not complacent and you're, like, serious and you have somebody that you know, hey, we got a good thing going here, mm-hmm. and then you find somebody else that just clicks right away, that's got the same drive, mm-hmm. like, finding people is the hardest part. But, I mean, once you do that, then it, it starts kind of taking care of itself. Yeah. Well, all right, so as somebody who never listened to rock music like that, except like mainstream shit, not myself, but just talking to somebody who never listened to rock music, what would you tell them to try to get them to listen? How would you get the casual fan? Or do you even care to get the casual fan? Um, Yeah, I mean, I would... Um, I'm curious to see what everybody thinks because what we're doing is a little different. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really cool to me... Like, when you're talking about it's not usually what you listen to and everything, and you too, like, that's really cool that y'all hear it and you like it. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. Because that, that's really cool because it's it's not the, you know, typically what you would listen to, and you can still like it and appreciate it and stuff. That, to me, makes me know that we're doing something right because yeah. we want to be as broad as we can, you know? Like, we want to we wanna make a dent in, like, go as big as we can mm-hmm. and that's more than just going pigeonholing ourselves into like this one specific niche thing so um yeah, yeah. <laughs> would it would it bother you if like somebody because a lot of rock music i'll listen to when i'm in the gym or different things like that yeah. if somebody came to you and was like man i enjoy your music but i only listen to it when i'm in the gym does that type of stuff bother you because they're still listening to no me? i'm like that's awesome man what song like what? What part of what song? Yeah, like what gets that, you going? That's the yeah, one that yeah. gets you. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I want to stab somebody. <laughs> so I got it. I love the energy. Let me go run. Let me go for a jog. Lift some weights. This shit got me on point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's get you amped up. Yeah, that's cool. Up. I think that's what a lot of rock is meant for. I don't know nobody that's gonna sit and try to meditate to rock. 
But no, that's or that's sleep. a compliment because it worked. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> like most rock, that's what it's meant for to get you going. Like it's I like, get you moving and shit like that. At least that's what it do for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, even before the football games and shit, you listen to listen to the different rock songs here, yeah, shit would get you amped up. Rap music. I used to listen to the worst kind of rap music to get me going for football. I'm talking about the real crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waka Flocka. He, he, yeah. he wild as hell. I had to listen to him before every game. That that energy. Yeah. And even that's rock influence. Yeah. Like his whole style. His is whole rock style. Influence. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they call themselves rock stars. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. I think you're on to something. I think y'all on to something. And I'm excited to see where it goes. We're gonna continue to follow y'all every step of the way. Thank you. You know, I think you're on to something. Um, I hopefully. It just, you know, y'all capture the eye. Or do you want to stay independent, major label? What, like, um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what Hopef- happens. Hopefully, it catches the eye of uh, major, and you know, we can say, "Oh, we had him on at the beginning stages on the podcast." Yeah, yeah. that'd be be really cool. Like, yeah. we got right now, we got a good team um, going, bringing people on. So, excuse me, things are getting easier and easier. Um, but if something came along that. We couldn't turn down, you know. That'd be yeah, pretty sweet too. But <laughs> until then, we wanna we wanna do our own thing, so that way we can make our own rules. Nah, from seriously, y'all have the talent. I'm not pandering to anything. Like y'all have the talent. Thank the you. talent is there. Obviously, like I said again, the drive is there, and that's the most important part. I just hope y'all can stay consistent and just continue to you know love on each other and continue to stay rooted in everything that y'all going through or whatever. Because if you do, you will definitely it'll it'll It'll, it'll happen. You'll be somewhere. Thank you. And I will appreciate you coming on. Of course. Same. The first white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Clap it up. Let's go. We got the name. That's what we're going to name this episode. The first, first white guy. The first white guy. And <laughs> during Black History Month. During Black History Month. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and I know Scope made it weird for you asking, asking about your hair and shit. I don't know what's wrong with that. Brother. It happens, you know? It's crazy. I don't know why you would do that to to this this young man in here. Hey, it gets worse sometimes. You know, I'll be at the gas station or something <laughs> like that. So, oh my God, can I touch it? Yeah. <laughs> like no, I guess. Like, I, don't, I don't care. It's just kind of there. <laughs> you got a gray head of hair. I won't lie. I like it. Thank you. Like it reminds me of. Um, oh, I'm not gonna get into this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Expose him. <laughs> it was really me. I wanted to know. Expose him. <laughs> Let us know, T. We want to know. <laughs> this is a TV show. I can't even remember. It was a uh, fucking. It was. Do y'all, y'all watch Dexter's Laboratory? Yeah. I'm gonna go yeah. into it. Y'all ask for it. Oh, so, I know who you talking about. So you know when they trend, they always hit the little transition to the rock. The superhero. Guys, the yeah. Superheroes. Yeah. It reminded me of the rock. Val, is it Val Hallen or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I exactly. forgot his name. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Thank that, was, you. that was a good show. It's a great show, Dexter. Yeah. But again, we appreciate you for coming on. Take so a lot of courage to sit in between me and Skull. I'm going to tell you, you done it. <laughs> hey, yeah, you had your own, bro. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you coming out. It's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Listen, this is the Chop by T podcast where we get real, raw, authentic conversations. Until next time.